0: Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. accounting for spatial drift and hailing frequencies open and we're back on another exciting episode of starfleet boy where we have a casual and informal discussion about star trek and we're so pro hashtag so pro here (laughs) On this channel, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm jo- <laughs> mm-hmm. Hello, Sean. I'm joined once again by Hello. Sean from Trek on the Tube. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm 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 good. I'm good. excellent, excellent,
0: pretty, pretty, pretty good, as Larry David would say. Um, today we're gathered. I'm gonna do the episode summary because you had a, a rough start.
1: <laughs> oh, you're so nice. I'll give you
0: a chance to to recoup from uh, from all
1: all of that. More the, the the behind the scenes technical difficulties that we've been having.
0: <laughs> it's so, totally true, um, but that's the beauty of broadcasts. Is like no one has any idea what happened. Now it's it's live, so any mistake that happens now they'll know about. But otherwise, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're idiots because then we talk about our problems, don't we? But yeah, it's we could to... we could have kept it a secret. But... That is
0: a known fact about. Starfleet boy, we're idiots. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good grief. Um, so, uh, today's episode is episode 16 of season 4, Galaxy's Child. And uh, mm-hmm. the Enterprise is on... Um, En route to someplace that I've already... I haven't seen the episode. It's been about a week, so I'm trying to remember. What? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I came straight from uh, where I was and just hopped on because I would have, like, ideally watched it like fresh, like an you know an hour ago or something, but that's not mm. always okay, so possible. So, anyways, I, I can
1: help you out because I, I I just seen it. So th- they were en route <laughs> to Starbase three one three. Oh, very nice. Three, <laughs> we need to talk about Starbase one later, uh,
0: off the air, because <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> it, 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 it pertains to uh, to questions I have about something that happened on Star Trek Discovery. But this is a TNG podcast, so we can't talk about, We can't talk about that right now. But I But I do have a question for you. Um, Um, Yeah, so they're on their way to Starbase 3, and they also happen to pick up uh, the real Leah Brahms, who we met in a past episode where uh, Jordy. Uh, has a, a very interesting encounter with her on the holodeck, um, and she's she's just aboard to do reviews or something like to review changes and and you know just kind of like some field observation I guess you know just typical engineer stuff, and uh, then they change course and, because they detect uh, some kind of like foreign object or spaceship or what what they think is a spaceship initially, but it ends up being. Um, a gormagander? No, I'm just kidding. It ends up being <laughs> it ends up being a species they've never encountered before, and Picard, I remember, was like kind of in awe that about a creature that can survive just in space, like without a spaceship or a spacesuit or whatever. Anyways, mm. uh, they this thing this thing that looks like a whale, so I'm just gonna call it a space whale. Um, <laughs> it was res- slightly resembles a whale, so the space whale starts to approach the Enterprise, and then it starts to attack it with oh initially like <laughs> this is this is one of those episodes where Worf gets turned down a lot so initially I think he says we should probably turn on the shields and Picard's like no 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 don't don't turn on the shields Mr Wolf and then <laughs> so this thing starts to attack them
1: and they're forced to fire. <laughs> fire phaser defense of the captain wolf is a little trigger happy like shields let's fire phasers and he's he's all over the place like let's kill this thing but <laughs> yeah. we don't know what it is yet calm down That's boy
0: true. but anyways so uh they they fire like phasers hoping to just you know um not to kill it, but just to kind of uh, shock it or, you know, whatever. It's like a low-intensity phaser blast. But it ends up killing the space whale. And uh, Picard is devastated. <laughs> he, like He's, like, so upset that, like, he had a hand in killing this strange new uh, life form. And he, and he's, like, super forlorn. And he's about to go into his ready room when Data is like, Wait, sir, there's a energy reading coming from it. And so then Picard hangs out for a second and they discover that um, there's a baby <laughs> that's trying to hatch from the, uh, the space whale. So Picard's like feeling a little bit better about it and he's like super overprotective. Uh, Dr. Crusher says, let's do a cesarean section with a laser. And so she, they cut open the space whale and then the baby space whale comes out and it immediately thinks the Enterprise is its mother duh <laughs> like, it's kind of large shiny thing you know I Whatever, mean, as, as one space creature does and uh, I'm sure as just as Scotty was very enamored uh, by them the space whale junior was also enamored by the Enterprise's ample nacelles mm-hmm ah that was a good reference come on that was really good (laughs) it all tied in it was really good it was really good um I'm trying to remember. I'm only stalling because I can't remember. I thought you were... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, so then there's this... That's... So anyways, the space whale... Uh... You've, you've
1: done too many reviews now. You, you don't.
0: <laughs> I'm casual and informal about it. Anyways, the space whale <laughs> attaches itself to the Enterprise and starts to suckle energy out, out of the Enterprise as though that's its food source. or I mean, because it is its food source. It's not at, although it is, as though it is. Um... And so the Enterprise has this problem, and they have to figure out how to get the little baby space whale off the Enterprise without killing or hurting it. Because Captain Picard's like, "Oh no, we can't do that." So, in the meantime, so he he basically drafts um, uh, Doctor Brahms to help out. But there's a little bit of tension between Geordi and Doctor Brahms because this whole time, uh, while all this was going on, as Geordi was showing her modifications, he kept like revealing that he knew too much about her in like a creepy way if mm. i recall and it was, like, <laughs> it was like it was unsettling and then finally it comes to a head and he kind of confesses that he wants to have a connection with her um in the jeffrey's tubes and she's like jordy i'm married and he's like that was,
1: that was such a beautiful way to put it let, let me have a let me have a connection with your jeffrey's tubes
0: <laughs> that's where Starfleet okay. boy's mind is today you're right <laughs> carry on uh one note about that scene, I did like the old-fashioned-looking uh, engineering suits that they were wearing. That kind of harkened to the original series. Um, but I—I uh, I read that off my notes. I actually made a note about that <laughs> it's like, when I watched the episode. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's fine and dandy, and they like kind of get over it and, and figure out a way to work with each other. But while they're trying to figure out the problem of the space baby, uh, space whale. Will oh this is genius i found a program that Jordy created with a baseline of the engines and so she goes uh to check it out and of course that's when she meets the holographic version of herself uh saying things like every time you touch the engines you're touching me and things like that so she gets furious and outraged about it it's not right (laughs) she's like super super outraged about it and um that leads to Jordy. When Jordy discovers she's in the holodeck, he like, you know, runs as fast as he can to get there. And um, when when, you know, he encounters her, she's furious. And then uh, you think their relationship's gonna be over. But after she cools off, she comes up with this idea um, of how to uh, sour the milk, so to speak. Uh, with the ship's energy, or whatever the power signature, <laughs> the quantum phasing, phasic shielding capacity. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> they do this thing where, where. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they do this thing where it, it makes the energy taste bad to the space baby and the space baby detaches and there's like more space whales coming and uh, everything's all good at the end and it's a happy ending and uh, Professor Brahms and Jordy are hanging out and having a good old time at the end of the episode in um, in 10 forward until her husband calls her on, <laughs> on subspace and then the end the show ends with what I remember being like just a really lonely and sad moment for jo- <laughs> Jordy. It was like not, it's not like the is ending. He's just sitting all by himself and ten forward, and and that's it. And so that's I think well, I got I mean, everything
1: right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's a, that's everything. Now it's it's beautiful that we begin with the end. So let's talk about Jordy alone for a bit. Yeah, let's. Do Does it, he let's not do deserve that. that for being a total creep? yeah but I think <laughs> so this is interesting about- because yeah. this is one of those episodes where you kind of feel bad for Geordie throughout the whole thing and then you're kind of happy when he stands up to her but when you think about it when you take a step back he's real creepy and what he did I would not like anyone to do with me and so he's kind of in the wrong and even when you take uh, like a step back and look at his argument he gets mad for nothing she should be a lot more mad than what she is. Th- this episode uh, aired
0: before this phenomenon, but, like, do you remember when people would stalk you on the internet? And, like, like, fr- like I mean, they, m- Maybe not friends, but, like, in high school, I remember... Well, for me, it was post-high school, but I remember in TV, you would see this a lot, where, like, someone would stalk someone on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and get to know mm-hmm. them and then meet them in person. Basically, the same exact scenario that Jordy is doing it, the show's almost prophetic because like that became a real problem uh with Facebook and stuff like that um but i i don't LaForge, know
1: <laughs> for those that I don't remember Jordy uh, G- Laforge in like it's season 3 um mm-hmm. episode i think maybe what's it called um
0: that episode is we should know this but booby know, casually Movie no. oh no. I think it is. <laughs> That's such a bad um, name for the episode, but so good at okay, the same time. It, it's <laughs> it's like... um,
1: Jolieloo <laughs> has, uh, has an engineering problem, and so he creates uh, a holographic representation of Leo, Brahms, of Leo Brahms, and then has this whole, so it's pretty much heavily, it's it's pretty explicit. They haven't had sex, but they were in some sort of romantic relationship, um, they, or, or but no,
0: I think Gaiden puts it best in this episode. I think the computer was just trying to create as realistic a person as possible, but Jordy totally fell in love so with
1: uh, with Leah Brahms. But it's I don't, I don't know. for those watching. It That's is really, the thing. It, it's very creepy. And yeah. then so in this episode, in like the second part of this kind of arc, um, she, she comes along, the real Leobrams appears on the ship, and, and it's all like, um, well, this is awkward now, I, I awkward you, because I know you, but then she doesn't know, know
0: yeah. yeah, and, and, and um, um, we're in the same situation in a way, which is kind of a cool thing.
1: I, I feel know, like this the... could have been a, sure. a setting for a Black Mirror episode. Um, <laughs> Black Mirror would have pushed this really dark. Um, and This was done kind of corny and cheesy and, and in two potters over you know, multiple seasons. But Just so you know, I do agree with you 100%.
0: In my notes, I can tell you right now, I wrote... Um, hold on. There's a bunch of notes. And then it says, um, uh, where is it? He keeps being so creepy. And then I wrote in the next line, so creepy. It's like they are your children children moves closer and he knows where he got that from like in the dining you know when he's ha- when he has yeah. her for dinner like he basically yeah. uses a line that he learned from the holographic Leia brahms to like like super
1: it is super creepy it's true you're right like the, yeah. like
0: the whole vibe is like
1: he's he's <laughs> awkward because i i understand that he's not like the the most um kind of i don't know he's kind of awkward when it comes to women or when it comes to you know creating relationships that kind of stuff maybe that's because that's maybe that's why his best friend is like an android but um he, he's such an interesting he's, character he's never, he's never met this girl in real life right right this, never. Is, her fir- <laughs> this is the
0: first time okay <laughs>
1: like you, you've met her in, uh, like, as a holographic representation but you you surely you're able to kind of detach both of them this is the first time I've ever met someone. I'm not going to invite them to my quarters with like smooth jazz, smooth jazz music and, and like, uh, <laughs> like uh, 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 smooth lighting. And it's all set up very nice. And she comes all official and she's like, oh, you've changed. And then he doesn't even back down. He doesn't even think, okay, this I've just gone too far and I didn't realize what I was doing. He, he insists. He carries on. <laughs> It is really it's super
0: creepy. I don't think he I don't think he crosses the line into douchebag, but I think he's just got awkward that. He's got
1: enough that creepy vibe, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's just I think if if I want because I love Jordy, I'm willing to say he's more awkward than he is like but it's a fine line. He's like right on. He's like he's like right. You know, he's right on the uh, on the line there.
1: It comes off more as the guy that's kind of awkward with women, and that's kind of like he, he doesn't really know what he's doing, um, rather than a criminal. Right, but um, right. <laughs> which, which is fine. But it's it's just an awkward situation to find yourself. You kind of you feel like you're rooting for Geordie because he's your friend. But at the end of the day, when you look at the situation, he he wasn't in the right. Yeah, right. It's true. And, but... and this isn't a gray situation. This is black and white. And uh, he, he he did he didn't do good. But do you think it's it was fair? Very, do you think
0: Doctor Brahms was indeed a little bit too defensive or standoffish? Because earlier I heard you say she wasn't enough, like she wasn't outraged enough. Um, yeah, she wasn't outraged.
1: Okay, so <laughs> okay, so let's talk about my biggest issue with this episode. I think that um, their relationship uh, didn't feel that natural. Um, for some reason, it feels very scripted, and ver- it doesn't feel real. Um, for, for all the crap that we that we give Star Trek Discovery, a lot of the relationships okay. that we have in Discovery feel very real, they're, they're, they feel like real world relationships. This one, the Leo Brahms kind of Geordie thing, didn't. Um, and so when she gets mad, you can feel like she's an actor getting mad, like n- not actual mad. Um, and then yeah, I just felt like, I mean, she should have been a lot more mad than what she was. She just, she's like, I'm outraged, and then she walks off, and then she comes back later on, like after they've solved the problem. Um, she, so she, she's professional in the meantime. When they have the meeting and everything, she's all very professional. Well, that's fine because they, they, they do work for Starfleet.
0: I, I, I feel like I got the same impressions, but to me, I don't know. It just that's not what bothered me about the. Episode, oh, But really? now that I'm thinking about it... Well, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like... I do see what you're saying. And, like, maybe that... So, something about the the episode bothered me. But I couldn't put my finger on it. And I'm wondering if if maybe that is it. <laughs> because you, the thing is, is, though, that, like, I feel like I could relate... I, I really empathize with Leah Brahms in the episode, mm. personally. So, I was like... On that level, I felt like I could relate, but maybe, I, I don't know, maybe their their dialogue was pretty scripted. I mean, it, I mean, it really definitely was pretty scripted. They had a lot of dialogue together, too. They talked a lot about a lot of stuff. This was like an exposition-heavy
1: episode, for sure. Okay, so the first time he meets her, like, as a holographic representation, the characters connect quite well and I mean maybe it's just because they were they were playing like the the actors were both playing characters that like each other and you know they were getting along and it had this you know cute little friendly dynamic going on to it and this this time they tried to like change it up and there's a lot of layers to like the um, the relationship that they have especially on Geordie's side mostly on Geordie's side um and maybe I don't know maybe just the execution of the whole thing be it You know the writing the acting everything was
0: i think for me i think for me what it what it what does feel like i think i'm starting to hone in on what i was feeling at times the acting is forced but i I wonder if that was a choice because i know they're both good actors you know what i mean like but i wonder if they did that on on purpose but i do think yeah
1: like at times it did feel it did feel a little forced uh It, it may be just that. Maybe they, they tried to force the writing a little bit to, to, to kind of, like, push them apart. Um, and then the writing also maybe forced a little too much of that creepiness, like he's dropping too many hints. Um, like, we get the picture. Um, he, he's already met her in a holographic form. And then, and then, I mean, that was amplified by acting where maybe the, the actors, not, they'd already played together. So they thought, we need to make these characters seem even more distant than, you know, I don't know. It just and I'm
0: and, I, and I'm pretty sure this is like one of those episodes that's like super low danger. Like, I'm pretty sure even when I first saw this, like, I didn't think anything was gonna happen. Like, people were not gonna, I mean, like, it's a space whale, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like, do you know think, like, so I think that something that was missing from the episode over there, that's maybe something also that I was feeling is like something that felt like it was missing was, like, I didn't buy the tension that the characters were having. Like, I didn't buy the danger, like, the situation. It wasn't, like, the first situation. And and maybe that's another thing. Sean, you totally hit on some points that are, like, firing up my mind here. But in Booby Trap, it's, like, a situation that ha- forces Jordy to go into the holodeck and meet and have a relationship with Leah Brahms. And so it's kind of, like... The- is it clever, or is it too much that they did the same exact thing? Like here's the real Leo Brahms. She happens to be aboard the ship, and they encountered a situation ironically enough, where the enterprise's power is being drained, like the same exact, like, yeah, exact formula. <laughs> And so and, I see uh, what I see what you're saying. <laughs> I think that's the, what you're saying. I mean, is, that a, sure. <laughs> is that a
1: problem of the episodic format? Like I can see this working a lot better in like a, a serialized format in Discovery. So you have one episodic episode where um, so your, your chief engineer makes this holographic girl and what have you, and they have this awkward relationship, and then next season um, during a serialized arc. They go through a space station, or they go through a starbase, or something, and then he meets her for real life. So it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like she was brought onto the ship. They have another situation that is similar. It's just like he's passing through, yeah. and as he as he talks to her, because I mean he's chief engineer, he has to have some sort of discussion with her about the engines. Um, then you realize that he's really awkward, and then they can have like you can have a story like that, and uh, and then you could push that for a few episodes. On like what kind of impact it has to to do these kind of things because you can't be the only character that's done right. this. I mean, Barkley is an example. Yeah, but Bar- he, to well, a Barclay... certain extent, he mod- he modifies who they are. But and um,
0: it, and it feels like Barkley
1: goes goes way further than George does. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but so w- was it something that would have worked better um in, in a serialized format or simply like not a one episode we have a problem and it's the fake one and then one episode we have a problem and it's the real one. You know what I mean? I don't know where I'm going yeah, with this. I'm, no, I'm trying I, I to figure totally, out something. But no, you I'm actually... i trying to fix something. that's 35 no, years old, but... I,
0: well, yeah, but I don't think... I mean, aside from that, I think you nailed something that really like kind of had troubled me about the episode but that I didn't realize or wasn't able to articulate. And I think that's what it is. Like that, It's exactly that. Like it, And that's why uh, serialized television, I think, will always kind of be more interesting than episodic television after... The fact, like once it's already aired and everything like that, I think serialized television holds up um, its value a lot more. Cause this is one of those episodes well, that I don't I mean, know that I would ever watch again. <laughs> but if you're like, if it were a part of a story that, like, you know, mm. then I could watch the, this episode and I could be like, oh, there's all these other things going on and, that are going to come into play later. So.
1: Well, I mean, serialized television lets, like, for example, the story, it could, like, really unfold and evolve as well. Whereas Mm -hmm. here, it's just kind of like a, she's here, she's mad, she's gone.
0: We could have gone to Um, the the extreme depths of Jordy's creepiness.
1: Uh, (laughs) We could have. I mean, we could have pushed it to some horrible, horrible levels. But, um, I mean, you've also got to keep in mind that, like, episodic television, uh, though it can have two parties, it can have kind of arcs. It is episodic, whereas serialized television has this advantage of if you want to do an episodic, like episode, just a one-off, you can at any given time. Which, we, so if, which we've seen already in, uh, in *Strange Discovery*. If you have an idea about like a time loop, you know, lol. If you have an idea about um, some sort of planet that you want to explore, or maybe just like one episode on what it's like to be stranded on the surface of a planet, you can do that kind of stuff. Even within a serial okay it might feel like a filler episode if it's not executed to perfection but you can do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like when sometimes you have like big directors come in um, so if you were to have for example Steven Spielberg come in direct one episode of such Discovery you might not want to have him just direct any other odd episode in your arc but have him like we have a spe- specific story that we want you to do and he could do that that'd be awesome um, that would be really awesome. Steven Spielberg directing
0: Star Trek. Um, what else did I have in my notes? Oh yeah. Um, what did you think? Was it in character or out of character for Picard to um, respond the way that he did? And uh, what I sensed was that like he really lost his confidence for a moment um, when when he accidentally hmm. killed the space when they accidentally killed the space well, like. And so then after that, he was just, like, very careful and everything. And, like, I even remember, like, this is what I like about Patrick Stewart so much is that, like, there was so much expression in his face. Like, he hardly said anything in those scenes. But, like, he does genuinely look, like, super perturbed and freaked out when they kill the space whale. And then later at the end when the baby joins... It's cousins or whatever. He looks so happy, (laughs) like you know,
1: and and overjoyed. It's like so. I, I I think it's a natural reaction, especially for that character. Picard has this way of because he's really by the book. Everything he does is by the book. And then when it when when the book doesn't work anymore, he throws a speech at someone. (laughs) But here, this is like this is like his underbelly, though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you can't like you can't throw a speech at a floating whale. So and then and then he follows. You the there, pre- the, you, you, there you whale. The crazy thing is, he Get follows the procedure. <laughs> <laughs> he, he follows the procedure to the letter. That's what Diana. That's what Troy's takes the time to she tell him. Like
0: says that. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right.
1: You, you did everything as it was supposed to be done. I mean, bad luck. You killed it. But, um, because the, the lowest intensity of the phases is obviously too much for any kind of just floating space whale. I mean, you're going to kill it with a phaser. Come on. <laughs>
0: what, no, what actually probably happened was Picard ordered it to be low intensity, but Worf was like, low intensity? What's that? <laughs> like, you just like, 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 like <laughs> I am <have> no pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Klingons do not have a word for low intensity
1: <laughs> it is killed or be killed just, come on boy. it's a space wheel one
0: of the disadvantages of having a, a Klingon tactical officer <laughs> is the, and what's yeah. the thing later where um, what was the objection he had what does he propose in the ready room that Picard's like your objection is
1: noted <laughs> <laughs> i forget yeah I, I i remember he did he did object i've got notes <sighs> oh, I, I just forgot. Remember, i forgot what it was
0: i just remember like they're discussing something in the in the conference room and then Worf yeah. says you, you know we shouldn't do this or something like that and has some, like
1: some other proposition which is kind of either super defensive or super aggressive <laughs> it, it, it's like to the extreme and then he's just dismissed by anyone and everyone in there <laughs> um also here in my notes is... building off... up. <laughs> well, go, oh, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say building off that that look that you're talking about picard like um Sir patrick stewart acts brilliantly in that scene he's got uh, a million emotions so guilty and he's kind of baffled at what just happened yeah yeah um yeah. They, they also cut to a shot of riker looking at him and riker he's he's got that blameful look on him like <laughs> what did you do <laughs> like, how did you how do you dare do that like Kill this uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved um all three shots. You got Riker, then you got I forget the order, but this Troy Riker and and the captain. The all bridge these crew, three looks. It was really the great. bridge
0: crew are so comfortable. One of the things I remember uh about this episode too was another scene where I think Troy's like the baby thinks it's the Enterprise is its mother and Riker's grin. He just like has this huge <laughs> grin on his face like he's always smiling oh, anyway in every yeah, episode like, <laughs> and like, then um, another another thing i noticed is when data is doing some research at another station and then he goes back to um to operate you know to op- the op station so it's cool cuz the the guy who was sitting there just you know pushes the thing out of the way and moves and data and riker simultaneously sit down and riker does his like where he puts his leg on the panel and, like, crouches, and they both get into these, like, really heroic positions, like, oh. in front of the camera. And I was like, yeah, when you, if you ever go back and watch this episode, uh-huh. you gotta, like, remember that scene. <laughs> We're Star Trek fans. We're gonna watch it we again, are. no matter what. I think it's safe <laughs> to say that
1: there are two parts to this, like, there's two kind of separate storylines to this. They tie into one in the end, but there's two separate storylines, and one is much more interesting than the other. Um, yeah. Just the idea of having a, a, like a, a space flying thingamajig just floating out there is is mind blowing, and to think about it is very interesting. The whole Geordie and Leah Brahms um, relationship is kind of awkwardly executed. It's it's nice to see the impact, like the aftermath of what Geordie did, but it wasn't done in the way that I, I you know i would have wanted it to i suppose
0: yeah when i saw this episode initially i was like either in middle school or high school and i remember being completely uninterested in the um the romantic stuff i I was definitely like a way late bloomer to like being interested in that stuff so this Uh, i know my my young self was probably like
1: oh okay so if there's anyone listening to us that doesn't like romantic stuff I would highly um, recommend you watch BBC's Pride and Prejudice, the miniseries. <laughs> it is is six It's like six episodes or something, um, like an hour-long episode, six episodes. Here's the thing. I don't really like romance, but then that was what I used to say. Now I've discovered that it's not that I don't like romance. It's that romance is very terribly executed practically all the time. That's the problem. So if you watch,
0: you're saying the Victorians really knew how to do it. <laughs> yes.
1: some I'm not not talking about the movie here. Right, 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 right. Pride and Prejudice, the, the miniseries from BBC, is like six episodes or something. Um, it is truthfully just romance. It's a guy meets a girl and they talk and then they go home and then the guy talks about the girl and then the girl talks about the guy and then every so often they have a, like a, a gala or a ball and meet each other again. And it, I mean, on the surface, to me, that seems uninteresting, but it was, it's, it truly is awesome to watch and it's well-written and, um... Well, I love the well, book, so yeah. That's well, and it's well-executed, which means romance can be done in an interesting way. It just needs to be done in an interesting way. <laughs> this, this wasn't, it's not even romance, that's the thing, it's its like romance but kind of on one side because then she's married it's just awkward it's awkward <laughs> It's, 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 it's like, from, to watch.
0: and that's the thing is like you just feel pain throughout the episode for jordy you know when your like, friend does something
1: completely stupid next to you like he, he gets like he stands on the a table like, like, or something and he's doing something that you true, just don't want true. him to do or he's telling a story you you you, you just don't want him to tell um yeah I
0: did. I did. I did. Uh, I did make a note about the Jordi and Gynen scene where they're playing three dimensional chess. Those and, were nice. Yeah, those are really nice little little vignettes or moments. And um, but my favorite was when she was like, "Oh, it must have been your old visor," and because I didn't remember the gag, and I was like, "Really? Like, well." And for a moment I was like, did Jordy have a different visor? Like, I was trying to, like, remember or whatever. And so it totally, like, got me. And so I was, I really enjoyed that moment. So, uh... That I, I love how
1: that. She, she, she's very, like, she, she always uses metaphors to explain things. And you'll notice that up until now in TNG, she's always been very, kind of enigmatic. But when it comes to Jordy, she's not. She tries to go in that direction, but then explains it to him. Like... Oh, it it's used true. to be the, the visor that saw differently. And he's like, ah. Oh. I mean, almost <laughs> just like she dumbs it down for him. Like, you're, you're too stupid when it comes to relationships. I'm going to have to tell you what's going on. <laughs>
0: so. it, is, it is pretty funny. Poor guy. I know, really. And, like, Data was so not there for him in this episode because he was so focused on... You know, this would have been, like, one of those times where, like, Jordi would have gone to see Data and been like, you know, Data... Help me out here. What's going on? Like, or maybe not data. He might have gone to see Riker actually, but everyone was so mm. like preoccupied with the space baby, the space, the galaxy. Well, I mean, style. let's be
1: honest. This is a Troy <laughs> situation. You have to go see Troy. Right. That's the situation. He would definitely
0: there. But she was ba- she was busy sensing the baby too. Like everyone was super focused on the baby in this episode. Like no no one was really there for Geordie. He was so all horrible when think his about own. it. Yeah, it was <laughs> no, one, no one there to help.
1: All of his friends were off saving this kind of space offspring. It,
0: didn't it feel that way though? Like he rarely interacts with the rest of them in this episode, except for in that like one scene where they're in the briefing room, you know, and Yeah. So, that I I definitely noticed that this time around watching it. Um, <laughs>
1: do you have any... Concerning the... Okay. Yeah, no, I had a question, actually. Because um, we don't know how these p- kind of space-faring creatures work. Right. Um, we can make a few assumptions, though. Yeah, but I was just wondering, because when I was watching the episode, I had a thought, like, is this really an offspring? Or is it kind of a phoenix situation? I thought the where same when- thing, like, jellyfish. When- yeah, when the beast dies, does like a, another one regenerate inside and then come out? Um, because it would seem that none of their scans showed that there was another one before they killed it. And then it's it's only a moment after, like Picard has the has time to have his terrible face and then get up, and then he's he's almost off to cry in his ready room. And then that's that's when all of a sudden they they find that there's a young one appearing in there. So I, I was like yeah,
0: it's totally. I wondered the same thing and this is like I guess where we have to jump into what is it called like headcanon or like, you know like just kind of just kind of imagination type stuff but I I was curious because I, you know I don't know if like it's I think it's all of these things I think television at the time shied away from stuff like this but th- I noticed that the space whale mother had no gender th- like I mean this baby is supposed to break out of its skin like so like if it were a baby and the space mom was still alive what happens is it like like it bursts out of its belly and then the space will has does it die then anyways you know like there was like no there was no orifice <laughs> through which so the, it does the maybe sense
1: that that the baby only exists or creates itself or generates itself once right the... it's
0: not actually a baby but a cl- it's the same animal in other yeah. words it's like like these you know these these immortal jellyfish like you can <clears throat> it, it like basically reverts yeah, rege- back to an state they regenerate state their
1: cells forever
0: and, and they, they start out as infant like they basically revert back to like an infant state and then they regrow back to an adult state from there which would be an amazing superpower to have. Let me tell you, like, every time you die, you're just like, oh, it's okay, no problem. Like, a, like a little me pops out of myself. <laughs> and that's it.
1: I will say that the... Um, so I'm watching this on Netflix, uh, like, for the rewatch purposes, I'm watching this on Netflix because it's remastered. Um, and the CGI is hideous. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, no, so, yeah. okay, you're absolutely right. The space will scenes look like cartoons i do remember yeah being that and saying no you're absolutely right i remember michael okuda saying that when they did the remaster of Star Trek, the next generation because like they only had the ability to upgrade excuse me <clears throat> the effects even further than what they actually did mm. but he wanted to be true to the original artists like the like the artist that created the original stuff so he just wanted to like basically upgrade the resolution like create an hd version of it yeah um i wonder if he would do things differently now because i would like i would totally have put so much more detail and like almost redesigned the creature so that it looked more realistic you know what i mean like or what 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 is thought of as realistic um today i, so. I
1: don't okay here's i i don't i don't think i would do that i i understand what you mean but if if I'm if we're going in that direction, then I would kind of I would based on Discovery's aesthetic, if I had the budget, I would redesign all of Star Trek to kind of follow the same aesthetic as the most recent show. <laughs> you see what I mean, so that everything sticks in in, in like visual canon. But then you yeah. can't do that; it makes no sense. <laughs> but that's... so I would leave it. As, I would leave it as it is. It's just that using the jellyfish, um, space creatures from the pilot. Um, they are the same, yet they are beautiful to look at in the, in the remastered version, whereas this, they're just hideous, and the CG is not well made. The CG is not good. Um, I, I don't know. It it just didn't look great to me.
0: Yeah, I no, I agree with that too. And it didn't even it didn't look. I was surprised at that too. <laughs> However, it's the same opening shot from the pilot episode, actually, like where the Enterprise kind of comes in, you know, and mm-hmm. then you see it, you see it go from the bottom to the top like that. So I thought that was really nice, but, but yeah, you're right. did not know is it though? No, but like it, I think it was definitely there's my understanding is that the Enterprise a lot of times is a replacement with a CG Enterprise. Um, Okay. Or CG augmented enterprise. My understanding is, I don't know. I, I mean, I wish they had. I think if I, I'm only watching the remastered stuff on Netflix, so I don't have access to the supplementary material, which I would love to see. Like, I bet the Blu-rays come with like information about how it was made and stuff like that. But I do know this: um, they alternate to to be able to meet the release dates on time. They alternated between two companies. So like season one and season. Three are the same company, and then season two and season four, the one we're in now, are the same company. And I remember mm-hmm. uh, Humbert remarking, remarking that the people, the second group, the season two people, are not as good as the season one people. So that would fit with what you're saying, like where the jellyfish from season one looked so nice. It's that other production company.
1: Well, and I mean, that's just sad, but
0: yeah. So every alternate, so we can expect season five CG uh, upgrades to be really great but okay. then season six might won't be
1: at least will end well with season seven. <laughs> mm. <laughs> A little anyway, I- um, No, just to just to finish this off all of the Enterprise shots throughout the whole of the remastered are, are very nice. Oh nice, they they do look it's great. It's just yeah. um, and it's not that often that that i'm i'm kind of distracted by how ugly the cg is often you get often you get that sense of you know it's a 90s show or it's an 80s show depending on what season you're watching and so the cg isn't you know it 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 isn't what you have today but this is one of the rare occasions where i'm like god that is ugly and i don't believe it for one second yeah totally (laughs) what uh what's
0: the youtube channel it's it's a, is it a TrekCore that does the comparisons the side-by-side comparisons of of uh, the remaster there are multiple,
1: um youtube oh there's that a ton that. Of, i think okay. yeah i'm i'm not sure i'm always on the same one but yeah no
0: i, I sometimes think... will like when i'm not sure i'll go and i'll try to like find one of those videos and then i'll be like oh so mm. it is like that or not but um what else about this episode i had something on my mind and i've totally forgotten
1: (laughs) well i can't help you there do you want me to read some notes
0: yeah let's go through your notes
1: (laughs) um i i wrote 300 kph and 500 kph just oh
0: kilopascals per hour
1: kilopascals per hour yes okay so it's not it's not kilometers per
0: hour no it's not
1: okay so what what, explain to me what's a kilopascal
0: i think a kilopascal audience correct me if i'm wrong or let's just let's just look it up but i think if i'm not mistaken it's like a nautical like in it doesn't just address going in one direction it addresses like I don't know, I'm not
1: sure. I have to look it up now.
0: <laughs> but I remember that it's kilopascals because they say it fully in a previous episode.
1: Okay, so they're not they're not going at 500 kph or 300 kph. Like kilometers per hour.
0: Not kilometers per hour, because okay. that's very slow.
1: Well, it it's is kilopascals very slow, I, I I was yeah. assuming they were going very slow just to like kind of not scare off the, the creature. Um, Here's but, yeah, like, uh, in, The
0: In pascal, for
1: many purposes... And the
0: kilopascal uh, KPA of 1,000 newtons per square meter is more commonly used. For example, standard atmospheric pressure or one atmosphere is used as 101.325 kilopascals. So it looks like there it's it's a pressure unit. Hmm. But let me do kilopascals per hour and see what it says, what happens. I might just be completely wrong. Maybe it is kilometers per hour. 300.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean... I had understood that they were going slowly to not scare it. But then, I mean, be, be it kilometers erase the or whole, Erase the whole kilopastical thread. Just erase it. Here,
0: Starfleet Boy, kilopastical thread. Garbage. Why? <laughs> because it is pressure. It's not... So KPH... It's, I, I'm so it is kilometers per hour. Yeah, it is kilometers per hour. I was overcomplicating myself there.
1: Yeah, so, so they're the going at 300 or 500 kilometers per hour and they're slowing down. Yeah. Well, they're going slowly. Slowly for okay. the baby. For the baby. So Baby on board. This this got me thinking about this creature. Oh. Um, because I think... I forgot who who said it. I think Riker says it. But someone says that they've never met anything like this before. Well, they've never seen anything like this before. Maybe it's Picard that says it. And but so they it, have. But then you think about the Gormagander, don't you?
0: Well, there's the Gormagander, and then there's also uh, tin, tin Man, or Gumtu, which is also another creature. But that one, like, houses people inside of it, too. But, yeah, it's like,
1: yeah uh but then there's the jellyfish from um (laughs) from from so i'm wondering like okay so it's probably it probably is just a mistake but if we were to try to fix this or or, or find out what he's referring to there must be some sort of peculiarity about this creature that isn't shared with all the others
0: It's hard to see that from just a visual, you know what I mean? Like from a gotcha. visual perspective because the Gormagander kind of looked the same as this. So it could have, We it might have been something that could have passed because uh, the jelly, okay, Star Trek Discovery ruins it because, <laughs> oh, oh. because, because uh, tell me if I'm wrong, the jellyfish okay. thing, the jellyfish thing and Tin Man are exceptional because both of those originally were like uh, inorganic, and then transformed into, or were discovered to have organic properties. So, like for example, the jellyfish had transformed itself into the into the city that the people on Farpoint Station lived in. So. Mm-hmm. It was a unique. It was it was like that. So, yes, it had organic properties, but it could also be hardened like a starship or whatever. Tin mm. Man is the same. Like Tin Man was like more of a spaceship, where a crew yeah, had it's to a sen- occupy
1: a sentient spaceship, a spaceship kind of thing. sentient kind of yeah
0: thing, right? Or or a bio spaceship, right? But the but the space whale was definitely like an animal, like a, a creature of space, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's the fix, temporarily. But now, because of Star Trek Discovery and the Gormagander... <laughs> you, unless the Gormagander um, went extinct before Picard's lifetime, and then he's like referring to it as, like, we, this crew, have never seen this
1: before. And or, that could be. if you look at the Gormagander, it has clearly, like, a mouth mm-hmm. um, and, and um, animal-like features. So, I can assume... Right. Again, like it, it has like everything that a creature needs, whereas as you were saying before, this one has nothing. evident, like, that's nothing to animals. prove. That's why he thinks originally: is it a ship? Uh, is it a whatever? Because you, uh, visually, it doesn't it doesn't strike as as we discovered as a whale, but it doesn't really look like one, does it? It's, it's, it's not it's really like, a uh, whale. Yeah, it's, it's got it doesn't look. No <laughs> on. But
0: uh, that's
1: what he's referring to. This is the first time we've actually seen a space creature. Um that just is a kind of is so it's <laughs> floating a thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I I think Starfleet boy declares that <laughs> that's that's the one right there <laughs> You you have saved the ship, Sean. <laughs> yes you, sa- you saved the show. Good job god yes <laughs> that's why you're the cannon expert <laughs> 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 the ship's cannon, canon the cannon judge i like that better actually canon
1: judge when, the, when there's just the two of us on the canon <laughs> judge two, two of
0: us um that was a really good question though you had me like wondering
1: for a while because it, it's true yeah, it's it's nice. But it would so do you think that do you think the Gormagandas are extinct now by the time we get to TNG DS9 Voyager? Like they had like Starfleet hasn't been able to save them and they, they 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 all died off. Yeah, because I mean, it's clear that until
0: until um, it it seems to me like Starfleet wasn't like just Earth in general wasn't very good at preserving Animals, because in Star Trek Four the whales are extinct. Like, there's not a single whale on Earth. You yeah, know, that that's sucks. why. I, yeah, like, <laughs> God, like you failed, guys. They really did fail, right? Like, there's like, how could all whales, which we don't, you know, thank goodness, it's because of, in real life, it's because of the movie that we put all the. All that kind of stuff into, into place, like it brought attention to the to the thing. So maybe we would have gone down that path. So like, who knows? But yeah, I I think that based on that, anything pre Star Trek four, you can safely say the Federation was really bad at like, and maybe it's because the philosophy was like, well, if it's going extinct, maybe that's the natural course of things. So. Post the pro the probe changed Starf the Federation's like stance on
1: that whole thing, and so <laughs> quick, quick tie into Discovery. As it stands, um, <laughs> as it stands, we have not resolved the situation of the war in Star Trek Discovery. So I, I don't know about next episode, but we haven't we haven't done any far fetched things like if people are theorizing there hasn't been time travel, there hasn't been like a a miraculous reparation of the situation. So the Klingons have taken over everything. Maybe the Klingons have killed every single Gormagander because they've attacked every single Starbase. That's very likely that they use Gormaganders for... They're like eating them.
0: They're like... oh my god they would probably maybe that's what led gormaganders to extin- extinction in the first place is they're like a delicacy for klingons or something like that so yeah who knows that's why Wolf is so angry at um our <laughs> space creature and tng these are really deep cuts that we're making here <laughs> on starfleet Boy today i feel like this is like one of the most important episodes of starfleet Boy ever like <laughs> i've never had thoughts like these
1: which is, which is ironic because this is truthfully not one of the most important tng episodes. Correct.
0: Very, very truthfully so. I think it's that time of the episode where we give her a rate because I'm laughing when I'm crying. i It's like it's so funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was going to give this episode a higher rating when I when I initially watched it. I placed it at about probably because of the sentimental value of it or whatever, but I'd placed it at about an eight. And But after talking about it and, like, seriously, like, really... See, I can be... I can go down. <laughs> I can be... Mm. I, I can get reasonable here. But after talking about it, um, I'm going to have to give it one whole notch down to a seven. Because it doesn't mm. really, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a seven. Ep- it's a solid episode. Like, I really liked it. But I didn't love it. So, yeah. Mm. And Jordy's freaking sad. Yeah. And well, I'm Jordy's... Creepy and lonely.
1: <laughs> well... Um, there you go. I mean, it's it's interesting because I kind of had the same thoughts as you. Like going before I rewatched this episode for the sake of the podcast, I had. um, I suppose I only had positive thoughts about the episode because I, I keep only thinking about. I have that sour the milk sentence. That's the kind of the I don't know why that sentence defines this episode for me. Sour the milk, and I keep on remembering how amazing the concept is of having just this thing floating yeah, around the, and then it and it attaches and the itself to your vessel. The science is
0: cool. I meant to say something about that during our
1: discussion. There's a lot
0: of go techno ahead. babble, a ton of sciencey mm-hmm. techno babble stuff in this
1: episode. But sorry, mm-hmm. go on. No, no, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of a, a lot of good things to this episode, and I think that's what sticks in your mind after. But when you rewatch it, when you're actually living the episode as as it um, unfolds before you, you, you do realize that 50 percent of it is just Geordie awkwardly being creepy to, to Leah Brahms. And so that did drag my rating down like every time there would be another scene. I'd be like, Oh, it's hard to watch. No, it's continues. (laughs) It carries on forevermore.
0: (laughs) The torture, the torture that Jordy's going through.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Um, So I would have to give it a
0: five. Wow. Okay. Mm. So yeah, I think, uh, I think that's uh, fair to say that uh, uh, we can just as a group effort, give this episode a six whoa this is now we're get, now that we're done rating the episode before we sign off this is the uh the personal segment and feel free to say oh too personal we're not going to answer this question here ooh, ooh. but um on a scale from creepy being Jordy to smooth being Riker <laughs> mm-hmm. what have most of your experiences been like with the ladies now we know you're you're uh, <laughs> so, so that would be a, a note of success right there. <laughs> well, I'll,
1: t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um, I could never claim to be a Riker. <laughs> and I truthfully hope I am not a Geordie. <laughs> That's what I have
0: to say about the not But you don't truly really do. I think that I have to agree with you that um, I can definitely hope that I'm not a Geordie, but I don't know for sure either. Uh, but I think I'm mostly like data in, in my in my romances. <laughs> Take that how you will. <laughs> Fully functional. Yeah, well, um, I was gonna I, say he form like a <laughs> machine. So is, is that what is that where you're going with it? But um, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All right, cool. So that was our very first. Uh, it wasn't our first. It was our first official personal segment of Starfleet (laughs) thanks for participating Um, well this was another fun discussion Uh, I think I had more fun in the discussion than I did watching the episode so that's always a a good sign for me as far as that's a win that's a win it's true Um, 10 out of 10 um,
1: Starfleet boy episode
0: yeah, <laughs> right on, audience. Let us know what you think by commenting below. Uh, please, if you're uh, if you're here for the first time, consider hitting subscribe and share this video if you really like it. And thanks. And if you listened all the way to the end, thanks for hanging in there and listening all the way to the end. Um, please go and check out uh, Sean's channel, Trek on the Tube. By Thursday, there will be a Star Trek Discovery uh, review and Easter eggs. Cause he usually puts them out by Thursdays. Did I get that right? Did I get yep. that right?
1: So, okay, th- cool. That should be fun.
0: Thursday should be fine. And, uh, they're not here right now, but I just want to give a shout out to, uh, Ketwalski, whose channel you can also check out on YouTube or find him on Twitter as the real Ketwalski. and, um, Trekker prize, also known as Gary, which same thing, channel, channel, website, uh, Twitter and Gary is responsible, and we are very grateful for the beautiful look of the Starfleet Boy uh, YouTube page. So uh, kudos to him, and please hire him uh, if you need any kind of graphic design <laughs> stuff done. Anything from like a greeting. I guarantee you, this man is extremely talented. He made posters that I, I haven't put them up yet, but I plan to put them up. And he does all these uh, these amazing things, and he's he's hashtag so pro. So <laughs> check him out.
1: Trying um, to make that hashtag thing, are you?
0: I'm just so pro. It's true. And finally, uh, the the newest person to join our discovery forum, or uh, what, what what was I calling it last week? The
1: the uh, we change names every week. Yeah. So,
0: the Weizen Agamot uh, from Harry Potter, the wizard, the wizard's uh, courtroom <laughs> um, is uh, Trekkie Rob, and you can also check him out at the Trek Book Club, uh, which he runs and manages. And I think that's it. I covered all the 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 things. So uh, live long and prosper, and we'll see you next time.
1: See ya.